Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, alongside John Paul Basham. Yo! And a special guest that I can't wait to introduce to you here in just a moment. But before we get to that, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review. We love to hear what you think of the podcast so that we can make it better for you amazing student pastors out there. You can uh, hit five stars if you like. And But be honest, we just like five the best and tell us what you think. Thanks in advance for doing that. Our guest today is Sean McDowell. He is a gifted communicator with a passion for equipping the church, particularly young people, to make the case for the Christian faith. He has a PhD in apologetics and worldview from Southern Seminary and is an associate professor in apologetics at Biola University, travels the world speaking in the realm of apologetics and worldview, and is the author of more than 20 books. 20 is a lot of books. He's also the co-host of the Think Biblically podcast, so make sure you go and give it a listen. His new book and Bible study releasing in December 2020 is called Chasing Love, Sex, Love, and Relationships in a confused culture. You can find out more about that book and study at lifeway.com slash chasing love. Sean, thanks for coming back for episode number three in this four-part series around your new book and Bible study called Chasing Love. Uh, and we, as we talk about the issues of love, sex, gender, and relationships, um, so far in episode one, I want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to that one yet, bounce back to episode one and go ahead and listen there. We actually list out the topics and talk about how those specific topics are impacting teenagers today. Uh, LGBTQ uh, topic, uh, hookup culture, sexual abuse, abortion. Those are the things we lay out in episode one. In episode two, Sean walks through how student pastors can equip themselves to address these issues. And today, which I think is a super important part of this conversation, as we all recognize, and student pastor listening to this, you would probably raise your hand and agree with this, that parents are the primary disciplers. They're the ones that need to be driving the conversation around sexuality. Um, but the church also plays a really significant role in this. And you as the student pastor can partner with them to help them in those conversations and pastor them even as parents if they're dealing with these things in their own family. So Sean, I'll tee you up with the question, how can student pastors partner with parents in the issues of love, sex, gender, and relationships? If I was a young youth pastor today, here's the first thing I would do. I would get two or three parents whose kids are in my youth group, and I would ask them if they'd be willing to go out for coffee, go out for lunch, and ask them the question you just asked me. I work in a local school, and what works in my Christian school might be different than your youth group, different than your city. You might have parents that are engaged. You might have parents who are not engaged. You might have mostly Christian parents. You may have many kids who don't have a dad in the home. So you've got to find out what works in your particular setting and do it. And an example I gave, when I wrote, wrote my first book for students, it was called Ethics in 2006. I picked 10 chapters because that seemed obvious and they were like 4,000 words. But I didn't have teenagers. Now when I was updating Chasing Love, I started thinking, wait a minute. I've got three teenagers in my home. 
how could I write a resource that I would want somebody to write for me that would Mm. actually help me with my students, with my kids? So I thought, well, I'll do 30 chapters. That's one a day in a month. Shorter chapters you can read and digest and have conversations with your kids. My point being, my whole perspective changed when I actually had teenagers in the home. So some of the youth pastors may have teens. I would still encourage you to go meet with some of the parents in your community and say, what kind of events work? What topics do we have to discuss? What can I do as a youth pastor to most help you and other parents in this setting? What will work? What won't? Take notes. And then you also have, it's not you doing everything. Then you ask the parents, you say, hey, would you like to help out with this? You don't pressure them. What could you do? How do we get people on board? And then you build a team to do this rather than you doing everything yourself. Sean, in our, I think maybe that was the first episode that you talked about it being so important to listen to students, to learn from them. How, you know, what issues are you seeing and, and how are you processing those? I think, and I wonder if you would agree, if this place isn't just as important as listening to the students, but also listening to the parents. What issues do you see? How are you processing them? What issues do you think your students are seeing? And how do you understand that they are processing them and trying to put those things together, not only for yourself, but to figure out how to put it together for for them too? I, I think that's totally true. Number one, you might pick up on stuff your parents see that is different from what you would see yourself. I think second, you can compare and contrast that with the kids and what they see and experience and kind of piece it together and help them both out. So I'll tell you something we did probably, it's probably a decade ago. This is when I was at a Christian school, full-time teaching Bible is with the permission of the head of school and the chaplain, we surveyed all of the kids in our school, all the high school students about their beliefs and activities related to sex, love, and dating. So we, we, we did it. We, we actually wrote the survey, got it approved without it going to the kids first. And we collected all this data on the number of kids who say they look at pornography, number of kids who have had sex before, how far our kids have gone. We gathered it and then we released it one night while respecting all the kids. It was, you know, anonymous survey. And I walked through the data, how it compared to the national data. And then afterwards, I had my dad give a talk on how do you practically talk to kids about sex? It was packed out and they loved it. So it was a way of finding out what's going on with our students, doing research nationally, informing them, motivating them, and giving them real practical tools to walk away with. And then another time we had somebody come in and talk about how do you actually set up technology at your home because kids are more tech savvy than parents are. We found out that parents are like, I don't even know there's blocks you can put on a smartphone. How do I do this on my Wi-Fi? How do I set up appropriate boundaries? And the parents absolutely loved it. I think it was a home run. So I think there's ways to do creative things like that in the group that really parents walk away with some tangible, practical things they can do. So we're on while we're recording this podcast. And Sean, you may have seen me and Ben smirking while you're talking about (laughs) the survey. There have been a few times 
uh, where we've had the privilege of walking through one of our most painful moments in student ministry that Ben and I have had when we surveyed our students. But those of you that have been listening for a while, take note the way that Sean did it and contrast (laughs) that with the way that Ben and I did it. And you will hear a very wise approach to surveying your students and using that information. <laughs> I, I have one other question for you, John, and that is, in, in this conversation, specifically with, I, I don't think student pastors are necessarily scared to dig into this conversation with their students. They may be ill-equipped, and they may have some really terrible advice that they give to students when, <laughs> as they're ill-equipped, trying to have the conversation. But we we tend to go in it with the students because, like, we, we know where they are. We we see that these conversations are coming up, and we we want to address it. But when it comes to having the conversation with parents, there's a lot of fear in what's going to happen? What are they going to say? Are they going to come with me? Am I going to be supported? And I think that fear goes right up the chain to, you know, pastor of education, executive pastor, senior pastor, whatever the church structure looks like. The, The church tends to be scared of this conversation because it's a hot button conversation. How would you encourage student ministry leaders that are feeling some of that fear and some of that anxiety saying, I need to have this conversation and I, and I want to bring families and students and my church leadership along, but I'm scared of how to do it well and how I might mess it up. How would you encourage them? Well, I, I guess I would say a couple of things. I'd say, first off, you don't have to have all the answers. Just having this conversation as best you can biblically is a win, like for step one. So... You don't have to fix every kid during this. You don't have to talk about every issue. You don't have to have every answer. If you're just willing to say, you know what, we're going to talk a little bit about pornography. We're going to talk a little bit about the LGBTQ conversation and the nature of marriage. Like just bringing in and having that conversation is a win insofar as the person at least tries to have a balanced biblical approach. So that's step one. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. The second thing is don't do it alone. Like I said a little bit ago, you've got to get some other people in the church. And and sometimes when I was going to do difficult things, like I took students on a trip to Berkeley and we brought in a gay activist to speak to our students. And I trained our students how to defend their faith. I specifically found other teachers and parents with gravitas and influence to come with me. They would have my back, so to speak, to kind of limit the criticism that other people might have. yeah, That's a thing these youth pastors can do. What's that parent? What's another pastor in the church? What's another person or two that will partner with you to have this conversation? And then it takes some of the pressure off you as well. The third thing is just use a trusted resource or a voice that nobody can say, oh, you're using Dobbs and stuff. Like he doesn't know anything about family. You're like, yeah, pretty sure he's the man. Like if you find good (laughs) resources and you don't have to be the expert, then you can just kind of punt to those resources. One of which being chasing love by coming out in December. Um, I would, uh, I would lift up one thing, Sean, that I love that you said at John Paul, uh, we get asked the question all the time in training environments and things like that. Like, how can I get parents to come to a meeting? Uh, I, I know how, based on something that Sean just said, you have a meeting called 
how to have the sex conversation with your kids. Yep. And that's what the meeting's called. And then, like, it, obviously, if you haven't had that conversation, you're probably not the subject matter expert to be the one standing up there. But point them to resources, get people from your church, older couples that have had, that have walked through that, that are trustworthy. Build that meeting around this very, very important topic. I think that is a tremendous idea and a great way that you can partner with parents in this conversation. And listen, they're intimidated to have, like you think you're intimidated to have those conversations like they are too. So just embrace the intimidation together. I'll I'll say one last thing before we wrap this one. And that is something that Sean might not say. But we've been very intentional uh, to do as we build this Chasing Love resource. And that is, one, we we prayed for two years, a little over two years, about who should be the voice to lead this conversation. And so um, Sean has a, a, a legacy of trusted ministry uh, in his own ministry and his dad's ministry and Josh McDowell's ministry um, that, that I think brings a lot of that gravitas that, that you mentioned when you bring someone with you. And so you as a student ministry leader, if you're looking at how can I have this conversation and kind of mitigate that fear that I'm feeling, this is one way to do it is to bring Sean along with you to have this conversation and guide the conversation. One of the things that we did is we made sure that there is a video from Sean at the beginning and the end of every session. And that's not just because Sean had too much to say and we had to split up his video time and figure (laughs) out how to make the video work. This is very intentional. We wanted Sean to set it up at the beginning and then, uh, he wrote a discussion guide for you to walk through it, but we wanted him to come back at the end and say, okay, let's make sure that we've still got the right guardrails in place to have this conversation in a gospel-centric, biblically-based, loving, nurturing manner. Uh, How do we deal with this? What are the boundaries? What are the truths that we're dealing with? And how do you navigate this conversation in a way that Uh, most honors the Lord. So this Bible study is set up to help you in this struggle that that we know you have already, that this is a scary conversation that churches often don't want to have, but we need to have it. So let Sean carry you through that. It's very very much like he's holding your hand through this thing. And not only that, but we've put together a resource pack for you So you can download all the resources ahead of time. So here's the letter that you send to parents. And here's some notes that you can give to your staff as you're looking at doing this study. And here's a leader training that you can take. Everybody that's going through this Bible study, if you're going to have other people leading other small groups inside your student ministry, here's how you train them uh, to be ready for some of the conversations. So we're trying to help you out here a little bit, understanding that this is a, this is a place I know I stumbled over as a student pastor, and uh, you may have before too. Special thanks to Sean McDowell for joining us for this episode and the other three episodes in this series on teenagers, love, sex, gender, and relationships. I want to encourage you to listen to those. If you want to find out more about Sean's new book and Bible study called Chasing Love, you can go to lifeway.com slash chasing love. 
I also wanted to let you know about a longer conversation that Sean and I had over on YouTube at Student Ministry That Matters. If you want more of this kind of content, and uh, Sean and I are able to dive in a little bit deeper because of the longer conversation there. So head over to Student Ministry That Matters. And this has been another episode of the Lifeway Student Food Podcast. We'll see you next time.